Welcome to the Real Freedom Podcast with your host, Nicole Rivers. Today, I'm excited to speak with Erica Baldino from Kensington Vanguard Title. She's going to be talking to us about all things title insurance, the importance of title insurance, what it is, and how it can help protect you as a home buyer or real estate investor. We're going to talk about some of the nuances of title insurance. A lot of people don't really understand what title insurance is, how it can help you, uh, what what it means when you see it on your uh, closing documents. Erica is really, really passionate and very knowledgeable about this topic. So stay tuned for my conversation with Erica, and that'll be coming up now. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, Erica. So welcome to the Real Freedom Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. Uh, So I really appreciate your time. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, title insurance. This is something that is really, really intriguing to me. And I think that our listeners are going to um, be excited about the topic as well, because I think this is something that not a lot of people know a lot about or or really understand. They kind of just see it maybe when they're closing on a property and uh, don't necessarily understand the full extent of, of what it means. But first, let's, let's talk a little bit about you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, and tell us where you're based, how you got started in title insurance. Go ahead. Sure. So um, I am based in actually Midtown Manhattan, and I work for the company Kensington Vanguard. I run our satellite office in Parsippany, New Jersey. We also have offices in uh, Miami, Florida. We're in Colorado, uh, Texas, Austin, Texas, Washington, D.C. So we really have a good um, handle on everything title insurance in the United States. A little bit about me. I've been working with buyers and refinancers for the past six years. I've closed over 1,500 real estate transactions. So... um, I'm really the expert when it comes to residential and commercial title insurance. Awesome. And how long have you been working in that field? Uh, Six years. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you definitely are an expert and I'm sure you've seen quite a bit and and Mm -hmm. seen it all and heard it all when it comes to um, this type of work. Six years in real estate equates to about a hundred (laughs) years. So (laughs) six years is a long time. (laughs) Does real estate age you that much? It's like yes, yes, I'm old now. (laughs) Jeez. Okay. So um, let's start at the beginning. What is title insurance, and why do we need it? Sure. So I tell people um, the little saying I've come up with to help explain to people what it is is I tell everybody it's the only insurance that insures the past um, and not the future. So what I mean by that and how I can relate that to to everyone is that you buy insurance on your phone in case you drop phone, and you buy health insurance in case you get sick. Um, You buy title insurance, however, in case something happens in the past to the property, in case there's something wrong with an old mortgage or an old deed or an old judgment. Um, And it's the only insurance like this of its kind. With title insurance, it is actually required, so it's not optional if you are buying with a uh, mortgage of any type, whether it be commercial or residential. 
cash buyers do have the option to not purchase title insurance, although I'm sure we'll go into why it would be silly to not have it. Right. I definitely want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, maybe there's an example of, maybe you have an example of. Sure. So what I do is um, when we get a file and somebody's looking to buy a house, we go and we look at everything that's ever happened in the past, all the deeds, all the mortgages, all the judgments. And there has a, um, there has been an example of somebody who actually had an open mortgage out on a property that the title company did not close out correctly. And it was an, a home equity line of credit. And when the new buyers bought the house, the old sellers were actually still using that home equity line of credit. They were still able to pull money out of the property, which obviously caused turmoil for everybody involved. Um, so that is an example of somebody that would then be able to sue their title insurance provider. Um, however, you want to work with the best to um, not have that happen to you. Wait, so let's let me just repeat that because I want to make sure I understand it's that's an odd situation. So someone, a, a home buyer, they purchased a home and the sellers had an open home equity line of credit. So they were still taking equity out of the home long after they had moved on. Correct. So the title company actually forgot to discharge that home equity line. And when the sellers realized that it was never taken care of properly, as criminal as it sounds, they said, you know what, we're just going to keep using it to the tune of $100,000. So they were able to bleed equity out of, um, unfortunately, this new homeowner's house. And we never want to see it get to a point where you have to start suing title companies. But unfortunately, for these guys, it was a horror story. And they did have to put a claim in. So title insurance will protect you from things that have happened, even that have nothing to do with you. So things like you said, it protects you from the past of the property. And like, I guess the past of the, the homeowners, the previous homeowners, right? Correct. Because um, what is a common misnomer is that people think that liens and judgments are just attaching to the person. So they think that you know, it's just Erica Baldino walking around who owes child support or who owes a DMV bill. But that's not true. These liens really attach to the property. So if Erica Baldino lived at 123 Main Street and has a $1,000 medical bill that she needs to pay and, I, and you know, I go to move, that, that bill needs to be paid off. And if it's not, unfortunately, it's the new homeowner's responsibility to take care of that. So you could end up without title insurance, you could end up owing on a property or owing money that has nothing to do with you from things that happened previously. So this is this is the the benefit of it. This is the huge benefit of it, right? Yes, the benefit of it is the protection that you're going to have um, to know that there's nothing outstanding on the property. There's no other outstanding judgments. There's no under out, no other outstanding ownership somebody's grandmother hasn't willed it to their grandson and he's not going to show up, you know, the day after you close trying to take your property away. So that's the comfort that you have once you purchase it. If any of those things happen after you close, then the reason you have the insurance is because you then make a claim similar to making a claim. If you get into a car accident and you have your insurance pay for your new car, um, you would have your title company then pay out any damages that you sustained. 
Okay. And this is the stuff that happens behind the scenes that I'm sure, uh, again, a lot of homeowners and maybe even, you know, investors, I know that's really big right now. They may not even understand that they're gaining with this level of protection, right? Yes. Um, everyone just looks at it as a closing cost and they, because it's a very, it's an industry that not a lot of people know a lot about. Um, and they don't really understand what the protection is for or why it's relevant. I always say nobody understands what their title insurance does until the very worst happens. And then they're, they become experts in my field, but that's an unfortunate case. You don't want to become an expert because no, no, exactly. That's the worst way. (laughs) Yeah. It's the worst way to learn about what I do for a living. (laughs) Okay, so you mentioned that you are based in New Jersey and I'm based in Jersey as well. Talk a little bit about the difference between title insurance in New Jersey versus other states. I know we've had conversations in the past about um, unique situations in New Jersey because it's one of the 13 colonies versus what could potentially happen in other states. I know we have listeners from all over the country, but talk about what are maybe some of the differences that we face here that others may not. Sure. Some of the things that make New Jersey unique is that because we're one of the 13 colonies, all of the old deeds dating back to the 1600s, all of the old mortgages, all of these records, maps, tax maps, transfer of property, um, they're all located in each of the county courthouses. So if you are looking at a property to purchase property in Passaic County, you need to go into Patterson. If you're looking at Essex, you need to go into Newark. These most of these counties are not online. So what we do when we get a file in is we actually send people to these courthouses to start um, pulling all of these old deeds and records so that we can make sure there's nothing outstanding in some of the newer states relatively, you know, in some of the newer states like California those are actually, all of their records are online. It is very easy when somebody gets a title order to sit behind a desk and look at everything. So we face that as a challenge here. Our binders typically take a week to turn and to get out to a client versus in California, they can kind of speed up the process and it only takes, you know, two or three days. Another thing that makes New Jersey unique is that, um, well, and all states are unique and that the state is the one that regulates title insurance. So the feds kind of set their ground rules like they do in any part of uh, the law. And then the states kind of take over and they set their own rules. So we operate in New Jersey with the New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance. And they are the ones that set how much we They set our fee schedule. um, And they are the ones who look out at our licenses, keep track of our licenses and make sure that everybody is on the up and up. And is that different in other states? It's not, it's not regulated that way? So yes, and in other states, so in New Jersey, the buyer will typically always pay for title insurance unless there's something negotiated um, in attorney review or when the contract is being drawn up. In other states, the seller may pay, it may be customary for the seller to pay or for the buyer and seller to split the cost. In other states, you may have, um, they may be able to change premiums. So that would be the amount of insurance. They may be able to um, waive certain fees. So every state is kind of different in that, but the state of New Jersey has very strict rules as to what we are allowed to charge and what we are not allowed to charge. Okay. 
All right. So that's that's interesting news. And, you know, if you're a listener in a different state, Erica, you work in all 50 states, right? So that's that's something that you would be able to to assist a potential client on. Yes, that's correct. Anybody can call me directly 609-706-2331 if they have any questions about obtaining title insurance and quoting title insurance in any of the 50 states. Okay, perfect. So let's talk a little bit about um, shopping for title insurance. So as a home buyer, you're out there house hunting, you've spoken to a lender, um, someone like myself, you've already gotten pre-qualified, you're ready to move forward. And, you know, title insurance is not even top of mind. But let's say after listening to this podcast, you're thinking, no, I want to work with Erica, you know, I like the information I've got, I like the education. Um, How do you go about doing that? What do you how do you shop for title insurance? Sure. So you have to be very frank and very strong with your team that, um, you know, although you appreciate the referral, you do want to still shop and make sure you're getting the best value and um, the best bang for your buck, working with one of the most reputable companies. So what I tell people to do is I always tell people to look at three to four different companies. When, When you say team, who do you mean? Sure. So your real estate team, at least in New Jersey, will include your realtor. It will include your lender, um, your attorney, and anybody else that's really trying to get you to the finish line and the closing. I know in other states, the attorney is not necessary, but for North Jersey, they're really a, um, a big part of our transactions. Okay. All right. So then you want to look at a few companies, right? Yeah. So I always say look at three to four. Um, start out with a quote. And, you know, in my last little segment, I said that our fees are highly regulated. Um, However, that doesn't mean that there are junk fees that don't show up on closings. So make sure you get a quote first and foremost. Look at, you know, the state's website. So if you're not in New Jersey and you're in other parts, there are state websites that are just like New Jersey uh, Department of Banking and Insurance. You're going to want to check out their reputation and make sure that they have not had any violations or they haven't done anything funny with their licenses. Um, You want to make sure that they are an independent title company, that they're not owned by a real estate brokerage or a lending institution. You want them to make sure that title is their expertise and they're going to fight for you, the buyer, because they really need to be on your side. Um, You also want to ask if there is an attorney on staff that's going to be going over your search work and that's going to be looking at your file. Uh, Last but not least, you want to ask for the turnaround time for their title policy. So the most important part in all of this is your title policy. I just worked with clients yesterday that had bought a house and they are refinancing and they had not had a policy for eight months. That is way too long of a time. And if anything were to happen before you get your hands on the policy, you actually may not have the title insurance you thought you paid for at closing. Now, how does that happen? How do you have a lapse in your title insurance? Um, That would be human error. Be just a company that's super busy that forgot. I mean, unfortunately, it's really just negligence. So my company um, in the state of New Jersey, when we, after we're done with the closing, the title companies send the deed and mortgage out to the county court to record. And they typically take between three weeks and a month to record. Once those documents are back, 
we double check the recording and we start to issue a title policy within two weeks after that. So our total turn time is about a month and a half to two months, depending on if it's busy season or not. But there are title companies that are six months behind, a year behind. And a common misconception is just because you paid for it at closing doesn't mean you have it. You need to get the policy. And that is the document that covers you. And you get policies at closing? Do, 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 do homeowners get a copy of the policy? They will get, in my company, we issue it a month and a half after closing. Because again, those certain documents have to be recorded before we can give a policy. But as a, as a, um, a, a home buyer or as a client of the title company, you're entitled to get a copy of your A hundred percent. And that is the most important part. And more people should be aware of this. They should be asking for their policy from their title company if they're getting around month two of ownership and haven't seen anything. Okay. And you mentioned something that I thought was really interesting when shopping for title insurance to maybe be aware whether or not the title company is associated with the, the uh, real estate agency or the real estate brokerage. Now, why do you say that? What, what could possibly you know, what harm could that could come with that? I mean, I've seen that happen a lot where certain um, brokerages also have title, also have, you know, lenders, they have everything in house. Where, how can that be an issue? Sure. So a lot of people like the one-stop shopping uh, model, but uh, personally, I like everybody to be um, beholden to the buyer and not each other. So unfortunately, I can't speak to everybody's character. I can only speak to my own, but there are people that may look the other way when insuring something because they want to get it closed because they're best friends with the real estate broker or best friends with the lender and they don't want to use that, uh, lose that relationship. So I always tell yeah. people, form your own team, do your own due diligence. Everybody that's working with you should be treated like it's a job interview because at the end of the day, we're all going to make money off of your transaction. So it is important that that's how you go about it and you hire the professionals that are in your best interest, not in each other's best interests. Absolutely. And I advocate for interviewing the professionals you hire for your real estate team as well. I think that um, I haven't experienced that very often, but when clients have called me to ask me questions and how do I do business, how do I communicate, um, how often do I close and you know, how do I work? I appreciate that because that lets me know that they're taking this transaction just as seriously as I am. And they've done their, their due diligence. They've done some research and they, they really, um, they value the services that are going to be added. So I think that's really key. I definitely agree. Okay. So you, since we're talking about realtors and kind of the real estate agent, talk about um, what they may need to know in terms of directing clients to a title company. And, you know, if you're working for a particular um, brokerage company, maybe why you wouldn't want to use your in-house or you know, maybe offering clients an opportunity to choose their own title company. Is that something that you advocate for, for agents themselves? So typically, um, I feel that uh, my job as a business development um, representative for my company, my, I'm invaluable to a real estate agent. They, they don't understand what they were missing until they have somebody like me that's able to communicate because I answer at all hours of the night. I read title binders at all hours of the night. Um, I talk to you on the weekends and, and I find that, <laughs> and I find that, um, some of these in-house companies that may be set up by a broker, any of these joint ventures, they don't have sales reps. They don't need these sales reps. 
So I find that um, realtors like to work with me and find value in being able to um, have me call them as soon as a title binder comes out. Hey, there's a seller open mortgage. Did you know about this? Or did you, you know, it was your seller aware. And I think that's why they should really look to work with a company that has somebody like that on their team. Excellent. Now let's talk a little bit about um, investors. So, you know, investing, real estate investing, fixing, flipping, buying and holding is really, really big right now. I mean, it's all over HGTV. You've got everybody kind of ready to jump in the game. In the New Jersey market, I don't know about everywhere else, but uh, the competition is fierce with cash buyers coming in um, and just kind of trying to buy everything up. Buy the block is like a huge, huge hashtag right now. I myself am interested in getting involved in investment. So talk about as an investor, how title insurance can protect you or the importance of it? Sure. So you're definitely right. There's a lot of people investing. There's people holding multifamilies. There's people, you know, flipping properties and title insurance really comes in key. I really want to educate investors that again, they should always be picking their own title insurance company, somebody that's on their side. When they buy bank-owned, when they buy REOs, very often they're asked, do you just want to use our title company? We'll pay for it. Um, obviously, if they're paying for it and if it's their title company, the title company is probably beholden to the bank. And they're going to want to get things insured very quickly and perhaps not always the right way to make the deal close. So I advocate for my investors to pick somebody that's on their side. Are you going to spend a little money? Yes. But at that point, you'd be uh, penny wise, pound foolish, because I've seen horror stories where, and I could get into a rant, but I've seen horror stories where the bank's title company says that the mortgage was foreclosed properly. And when you then go to flip the property, it turns out it wasn't. And now it needs to be paid off. And as an investor, paying off a $40,000 mortgage that you knew nothing about when you're done flipping the property could make or break your profit margin. So Absolutely. I, I never want to leave um, anything like that out. And I tell the investors, now is the time for you to find all of these things in the history of this property before you own it. Because once you own it and you're ready to sell, good luck finding all of the prior owners. It becomes a huge headache. Yeah, so this is the kind of thing that you don't want to cut corners on. This is one of those things you do your diligent, due diligence up front, right? Right. So you spend $1,000 on a title policy now, um, but you're not spending forty, dollars 100000 $200,000 on a missed mortgage later. And so is this the type of thing that as you're potentially looking at properties that you're in, interested in, you want to check title or at what stage do you do this as an investor? How early? So some investors like to look at liens and judgments and they like to pull the entire report up front. Okay. I don't mind either way, but if I was an investor, I think it's a waste of time and money to do it that far ahead. The reason being is because today's market is so competitive. You really just need to get your offer in and there's ways to back out of an offer. If there are issues on title, most um, contracts are voided if the seller cannot provide marketable title. Marketable and insurable title are very different, um, but they are 
they are void if you cannot provide marketable title. So I tell investors, work with your numbers. If you know that you can't spend more than 100000 on a property, you're going to put fifty into it and you're going to sell it for two fifteen. If, if that's your budget, then make your offer for 100 If title comes back and there's 150000 in open you know, issues and the seller doesn't want to pay for it, then figure out if it's worth for you to fix for 150,000 or you just walk. Okay. And now is this, this, this kind of rule of thumb, does that work also? If you were buying at auction, would you also say, wait until after you've got the property to run title? I mean, you don't really have a lot of time when you're, when you're looking at that type of stuff. Right. right. So for bank owned and short sales, that's the way to proceed auction properties. Or if you're buying at sheriff sales, they're a little bit different. You're only going to get 14 days or something until you have to bring your final check. And there could be a lot of issues that are, that's wrong with the property. You should definitely um, pay someone, a title company to run searches on these properties before you make your bid. If it's going to be contingent to such a fast closing, if it's not going to be contingent to such a fast closing and you're able to tell the people you're buying from the property that you're going to use your own title company, then if they accept that, you need to let your title company know immediately as soon as um, you made the offer. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say, I'm a new investor. I'm, I'm setting up, or even I'm an experienced investor. I'm setting up my team. And as an investor, my understanding is you also want to have a team, not just as a homeowner, but you're setting up your team. I definitely want to reach out to you, maybe set up some time, um, get to know you because you're someone that I would want to have on speed dial, right? I'd want to have you as a contact on my phone when I'm, when I'm thinking about buying properties, right? That's, that's how I, I would think about it. Yes. Um, and I'm available to answer any questions you're, you know, I'm somebody that if you are going to the sheriff's sale on a quick run of search, you're going to give documents back, but you're not going to know how to interpret it. So it's crucial. You have somebody like me on speed dial. Um, as far as realtors go, I have realtors call me all the time about transactions. I'm not in, you know, realtors will call me, Hey, I'm on the seller side, but X, Y, and Z just happened. And what does this even mean? And I don't understand it when they're done a 10 minute conversation with me, I finally brought this to some sort of, uh, you know, human understanding. It doesn't sound like just title jargon and that's invaluable for them to then go and get the answer and clear up the issue that they're, they were presented with. Exactly. So it's good to have, have you on, on the team early on to avoid issues and to break these things down. So, how long does it take to run title? For example, you said, you know, for a sheriff sale or something, or, um, you know, when you're, when you want to run it ahead of time or you want to see what's going on, how long does that take? Is that like a few hours or a few days? So I've rushed a full title binder from start to finish in one work day. Um, it is very uncommon that I'm asked to crack the whip like that. And it's also, um, it's really not nice for my people on the inside to have to work that fast. When it mm -hmm. comes to doing the actual searches in the county, the easiest properties to search are those that don't have liens, don't have judgments, don't have open mortgages. They're called what we call very clean searches. When you're dealing with REOs, bank-owned, foreclosure, multiple foreclosures, um, they could take they could take days to a week for the search 
And then in the state of New Jersey, um, you would have to get a chancery abstract as well, which basically shows the chain of foreclosure. Um, that could take 10 to 12 days right now as a turnaround. So to do an actual thorough search, you do need about a week and a half and uh, you get to two weeks. And I know it sounds like a really long time, but the problem is there's so many open items and items that were closed and just ups and downs on these properties that they really need to be investigated. The other thing that um, takes a long time for searchers to run is the index. So if we are searching the name Nicole Smith, okay, there might be 500 Nicole Smiths in the state of New Jersey. Well, that search is going to be much more complicated and longer than a, a more unique and individual name because we have to look at all of those Nicole Smiths for judgments and for any other outstanding issues. So it's, it's, there's no set answer. They're all on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay. And I just thought of something as you were talking, we, we talked about purchasing property, but how do your services come in handy or are they even needed if you're more into buying tax liens? Say you're getting ready to foreclose on a property. Is that something you still want to check title in that, in that scenario? I haven't personally done a lot of work with tax liens. And the reason being a, a tax lien supersedes all the other liens on the property. So, mm. Um, this is one of the reasons why, and I'm sure you've talked in other segments about your monthly payment, and that includes a tax escrow. Right. The reason we include tax escrows now, especially on FHA loans, is because the banks were sick and tired of not including them, people not paying their taxes, so paying their mortgage before they pay their taxes, forgetting whatever the case may be, and then a tax sale certificate being issued. And then they would be foreclosed on and the bank would be stuck with this $200,000 open mortgage saying, are you serious? I thought they were paying the taxes the entire time. So the bank has now taken it into their own hands to say, well, we'll pay the taxes to make sure there's not a tax sale cert. And that way we can have our open mortgage and be comfortable that we remain in a first lien position. Unfortunately, if you are an unfortunate victim to either owning a property outright and you didn't pay taxes, couldn't pay taxes, forgot about paying taxes, whatever happened, and there is a tax sale, um, they can foreclose. And like I said, they are in first position. It, it would be advantageous for the tax sale lender to uh, or the tax sale certificate holder to, I guess, use my services and, and look and see what they're foreclosing on just to make sure that when they foreclose on the property, all of these outstanding debts are named correctly. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. If you're intending to foreclose and you're going to now become owner of the property, you'd want to see what else you're about to take on, right? Like do you, there may be other things. I mean, obviously you have personal position, but there may be other things that impact Right. So you, you have to make sure you foreclose property and that you properly and that you name every item outstanding. And then if you don't, when you go to resell the property, that new buyer would hire somebody like me that's telling you, no, 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 there was a judgment that you never foreclosed correctly. And now you have to pay for it. Interesting. So this is actually really important stuff. I mean, this is not uh, something you want to take lightly. This is I'm, I'm really glad we're having this conversation. I'm actually um, taking notes on a few things and I've learned a few things myself because um, again, I, I understand how important it is. And, but in, on, on my side, you know, when I do lending, 
I don't always even get to see any of the title information that's handled by my closing department. So this is really, really very educational and um, a great value. So I'm really glad that you've, you've taken the time. Thank you. Yeah, we are. Your title company is the backbone of the transaction. Unfortunately, because nobody knows we even exist during the transaction, we're not treated as such. So, (laughs) you know, we are really an important role, but we're also a very silent role. And again, nobody really knows what we do until you need us. And at that point, I feel really bad. Right. At that point, you're trying to come in and save the day, but you know, the, the, the job may not have been done properly and that has nothing to do with you. So, right. I, I tell people all the time, my job is to find problems because when I find problems, I'm protecting the person I'm supposed to be protecting. But when you are charged with being the person that finds problems, <laughs> you're always kind of, you're maybe not the most popular person. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you're not the most popular person. <laughs> all right. So switching gears really quick. Um, what books are you reading? What real estate books are you reading? What would you, um, you know, what would you suggest to our, to our listeners who may be interested in um, getting involved in real estate or who maybe already are involved? So I personally think that real estate starts with the community and it starts with human to human interaction. So I am a huge networker um, and I am reading knockout networking right now by Michael Goldberg, um, which is, really, really awesome. He really talks about value add and, you know, how helping increase your business and your productivity. Um, You know, other than that, on the investment side and on like, I guess, strictly a real estate, I'm reading Build a Rental Property Empire. Um, That is by Mark Ferguson, I believe. So on a personal note, I'm very interested um, with becoming a landlord and building equity in properties. And like the book says, having a rental property empire. So those are my two reads right now. I'm adding those to my list as we speak. I just type those in. I, I keep a reading list on my phone and on my computer so that when I'm finished one, I can always jump into another one. I'm actually kind of building a virtual library in my house by way of just buying so many books. <laughs> my phone, I'm sure you can relate. Like this, it's when you're in this industry, it's like you constantly have to be learning, always be educating, self, self-educating self and personal development, right? Yes, 100%. I definitely believe that it's personal development. It's, it's motivation. There's kind of a lot of components in our industry and you've definitely hit the nail on the head. All right. So any events that you would recommend in the Jersey area, you talked about networking, anything that you would um, suggest that we look out for or, or groups that we should join or any events coming up, any conferences or anything like that. So um, I guess I'll start with if there's any um, millennials looking to get into real estate or even younger than millennials, um, I'm actually part of the advisory board for Rutgers University and at their Newark campus, they have a major where you can actually major in real estate um, or commercial lending. So if you're thinking about this as a possible career path and you want to get some education formally, um, definitely check out the Rutgers Real Estate Institute. Um, If you're already in the business and you're already a broker, you're already um, um, an investor or a loan officer or title Um, I would definitely go to your local board of realtors and go to their events because it is very important to network within your community of realtors. It just makes the deals go by much easier. Um, 
it, you should get involved in any community events. There's a lot of events at libraries that help with financial planning and equity building and, um, you know, home ownership. So figure out what's going on in your local community, join your local chamber of commerce, go to your local, you know, town day and really just meet people because everybody either owns or rents. And that's, you know, that's a fact. Yeah. In this business, I've, I've found that, um, who you know is really important. I think probably that relates to just about any kind of industry, any kind of job you can do. But I feel especially in uh, in the in the area of real estate, who you know can open so many doors. You know, it can change your business. It can yep, change your life. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, um, Erica, where can we find you if people are interested in learning more about you and your services? What places? How can we find you? Social media? How can we find you in real life? Sure. So in real life, again, my phone number, direct cell, you can call or text. I'm always available, 609-706-2331. You can email me. Uh, my work email is e for Erica Baldino at kvnational.com. You can find me on Instagram at Erica Baldino. You can find me on Facebook at Erica Baldino. Um, so I am definitely active on social media. And if there's somebody Instagramming about title insurance, it's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That, that's awesome. I mean, I know you love to talk about this. I know you're super passionate about it. I that's why, you know, I like speaking to you about it. That's why I advocate for you and I refer people to you because this is something like it's like you live and you breathe it and you want someone like that um advocating for you in, in this area for sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. So thank you again so much for joining us and um we're gonna uh, be posting this very, very soon and um looking for people to um, support you and find out more about you. Um, but again, I just really appreciate your time and your, your willingness to share your skills and your, your knowledge. Um, and yeah, we will look forward to connecting with you again in the near future. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And I hope we get to do this again um, soon. Cause I love doing this. I think it's just so great for, for everybody that's listening. Awesome. All right. Thanks Erica. You take care. We'll talk soon. Bye.